wedding was held in the home of my bride and the chuppah was held in that beautiful yard under the starry sky. Many friends of my bride came to see the beautiful ceremony. My future brother-in-law, Liam, played violin with one of his friends and the wedding was wonderful. After we were married, we took an apartment in South Providence and mostly every Shabbos we wrote to her parents in Pawtucket, where we were, we were welcomed and we enjoyed ourselves. As I was always a busy man, many times I came home after 10 p.m., but my dear wife was lucky to have the daughters of our landlord with, uh, keep her company until I came home. Three weeks after we were married, I requested for my wife to bake for me some knishes. So she dumped my request and baked some knishes. When I came home and started to eat the knishes, my dear wife looked at me and started to cry. So I asked her, what's wrong? So she said, Mara's dear, these latkes were not baked the right way, so please don't eat them. And I said, they taste wonderful. But she took all the knishes and she threw them in a sink and asked me to please forgive her for not knowing, being able to bake good knishes. And she hopes in the near future she will know how to bake real good knishes to please me. Many times my dear wife asked me, what shall we cook for supper? And I told her, I don't care what she cooks. Even a little bit of crispies and milk is enough for me. Because my motto was, I don't live to eat, but I eat to live. To be able to observe all the holy laws of the Torah. Our first son, Israel, was born in Pawtucket in the home of my in-laws. After we had five sons, we still visited our, our in-laws for Shabbos and holidays where we truly enjoyed ourselves. <clears throat> in my synagogue, I once met a grand rabbi who was looking for a room to eat and sleep for a few days. So I invited him with his gaba to my home and my wife greatly welcomed them when they came in. When the rabbi left, he blessed us. We became known to other grand rabbis and mostly every other week we had a grand rabbi in our home for Shabbos. And my dear wife took care of them with their cedars, which they held when many friends came to the grand rabbi. When my dear wife was about to give birth to my son Yossi, and a grand rabbi happened to be in our home three weeks, and on the day of my son's birth, he found another place where he could help his cedars. On the day of Yossi's birth, the rabbi was back in New York and phoned to my parents who lived there in New York to come to him and he was making a party in honor of Yossi's breast. Many times I was in the business section and when it came to time to dove minter, I would step into a telephone booth and dove minter or would go into one of the business section synagogues. Many times I was asked by the people in a synagogue if I had Yusad or was saying Kaddish so I proudly answered, I come to Dov Mincha and thank God that I have my two parents living instead of, God forbid, coming to say Kaddish after they are dead. As there was no yeshivas in Providence, I was forced to send my sons to the regular public school, which made me worry for their future. Because the only time they received a little Hebrew education was for about an hour after they come home 
from the public school. One day, when I was walking through the streets, I noticed the rabbi's sons walking through the streets without their hats on. And I was wondering, how can I request for my sons to wear their hats when the rabbi's boys don't wear their hats? So I suggested to my dear wife many times that the best thing to do is to move to New York and see to send our sons to the shivas there. As my dear wife loved her father very much and didn't want to move away from him, she always suggested that we shall move on a certain street there called Jewett Street, where her sister Bibby lived. One day when I came home, I noticed my wife that she was very sad looking, and I asked her what happened. So she showed me a lawyer's letter sent to us by our landlord, requesting us to seek to move out because our son Shlomo was digging the ground in the backyard and the landlord's wife told him he mustn't dig the ground. So Shlomo answered, the house belongs to you and the ground belongs to God. And she felt insulted. I happily said to my wife, thank God, now came the time when we must seek to move to New York and save our children's lives. When many of our friends heard that we are planning to move to New York, they kept on asking us, where will the great grand rabbis now hold their Shabbos seaters? So I told them, my landlord wants us to move. A few days later, the landlord came in and asked us, please, not to move. But I said, I must seek to save my children's life and see that they get a real good yeshiva education and see to be brought up to be nice, real, religious Jews. After living 30 years in Providence, I was proud of my good name, I left. Because my motto was, and is, never to insult anyone and always seek to remain friends with everyone. Because a thousand friends are not too many, but one enemy is too much. My father-in-law asked me, how will I make a living in New York? And I told him that I had enough capital to live with my family for two years without doing any business. He didn't argue with me, but wished me good luck. I had a well-established printing business in Providence, Rhode Island, and I didn't care what amount I would get for it so long as I can save my children's lives by giving them a real good religious education. So I had my printing shop sold by auction, and with God's help, we moved to Borough Park in New York. When I went to the beautiful yeshiva in Borough Park on 13th Avenue to register my sons to learn in their yeshiva, they requested for me to pay about $80 a month for them, which I found was impossible to pay so much. <clears throat> they were very strict and didn't want to lower the amount, so I was forced to go and see if I can get another yeshiva for my sons. But with God's help, a miracle happened to us that just a few months before we moved to Borough Park, the yeshiva Torah Samus had just opened and were looking for new pupils. They were very anxious to take in our sons in their new yeshiva and requested that I shall pay them as much as I can afford to pay. My dear wife went many times to the yeshiva to help them cook meals and she'd done many other things for the yeshiva. We also sent our only daughter to Dina to a shalama school for there were, only, there were no base Jacob schools open yet. I trained my sons not to smoke or attend any dances 
or to go to any movies or baseball games, and they shall always be home on time to go with me to the synagogue. I was very proud to walk through the streets with my six sons going to the synagogue. I told them to thank God that they have parents and God shall bless them and also requested from them to see when they pray to move their lips. Every Friday night when we were all sat around the table singing mirrors, we all felt happier than attending a wedding. They also were interested to hear me read for them, etc. of the week. Many grand rabbis asked us to come to their synagogues on Shabbos at their Shalasidas Sidas and have our son sing mirrors with them, and they greatly enjoyed to hear him. My son sang many times at concerts given by the ladies auxiliaries and the rabbis Malava Molka, and many times their only sister would stand with them while they sang, and she received tips for the beautiful curls which they all admired. For several years, we sang in different synagogues on Rosh Hashunah and Yom Kippur. We also sang in the choir with Cantor Yosler Rosenblatt. The last time he sang in, in his life at his father's shield in Borough Park. It happened one year that our choir was to sing in a synagogue where there were no Mahitza. So we objected to sing there, and the choir leader had to let us had to see to get for us a real Orthodox synagogue to sing there for the holy holidays. Next year, when we were about to sign a contract to sing on Rosh Hashunah and Yom Kippur, my youngest son David pleaded to me not to sing any more in choirs because he wants to say his prayers with devotion slowly, and so the Almighty shall answer his prayers. Sure enough. I fulfilled his request, and we stopped singing in choirs thereafter. And thank God, that year we were blessed with prosperity. Though I was very busy many times with my printing shop, I used to force myself out of my shop to go to the yeshiva very often and see how my sons are progressing. If I heard a bad report about them, I used to punish them right in their classes in front of all their students. After living in Borough Park two years, we were hit by the depression and many business firms went bankruptcy and in many, many banks closed. I was forced to accept relief. Imagine the miracle. If I wasn't living in New York for two years, I wouldn't have gotten any relief. But thank God for bringing us to New York with the capital to be able to live for two years without working and to be able to get the relief. I used to go around buying crystals and take orders for printing. I, and I can't forget many times when I didn't earn enough. I used to walk through the streets crying and praying to God to help me to be able to support my family. I made an invention of a new first aid kit and had it patented and made a contract with a well-known Jewish man to receive weekly salaries on my patent. So I stopped receiving relief because I was satisfied with the earnings from the patent for about a year because on account of the war we were unable to get materials to manufacture my patent. So the contract was stopped. But as I saved up a small amount of money, I bought a printing press and made my printing shop in my cellar. I used to go soliciting for orders all day and at night I done the printing in my cellar. And many times I worked until after midnight. 
I established myself and employed my sons to work with me. But as I saw, they would not be successful as princes, and I won, as I wanted them to get married young, and they must see to start and earning a living, I told them to get jobs elsewhere. I sent my son Israel to learn the crystal trade by one of my friends, Mr. Bibby, who I knew yet from Providence. After welcoming him many times in our home on our Sabbath cedars. I also sent my son Solomon to get a position and I conducted my printing shop alone and worked hard because I was only interested to see that my son shall get married young and as they obeyed me, we hope to God to have great knockers from them and all our children. I worked in my cellar for over 17 years and made a nice living and thank God nobody of the city ever notified me that I was not allowed to run a printing shop in my cellar. And it seems that when God saw it was about time for me to retire and go to Israel, one day a fire an inspector came to my shop and stated that I am not allowed to run a printing shop in a cellar and I must see to move out at once. So I was forced to rent a shop on 16th Avenue and thank God I worked my printing shop up and the good business and much more trade. I became 65 years old and acquired for a social security and in the meantime I sold my house for a much better price than if I had my shop in the cellar. Being well established in my new shop on 16th Avenue, I made plans with my wife to move to the Holy Land of Israel. My son Smilik had a very good, well-paid position, and I didn't think he would be interested in taking over my shop. I had a cash customer to buy my printing shop, and he was with me several weeks to learn where different types and other things were in the shop. One evening, when I came home, my wife told me that Smilik is begging, begging her to see that I should give him over my printing shop. So I had to tell my cash customer that as a devoted father to my son who is begging me to take over my printing shop, I am sorry I cannot sell him my printing shop. He felt really bad, but I couldn't disappoint my son. I told my son Smilik to come over to my shop for a few weeks and see if he can take over my shop with my instructions and be able to run the shop himself. So as he proved to me he could do it, and as I couldn't refuse his request, I gave him over the entire well-established printing business, and I also gave him a loan to start the business, and I hope to God he will be successful and have great knockers from his children. A short time before we left for Israel, the ladies' luxury of the Shiva Torah Badaz made at Malava Malka in Nano Abbas. Many friends attended the Malava Malka and we greatly appreciated the honor they gave us by presenting us with a beautiful plague and many good blessings from them all. I was asked by many of my friends why I am going to Israel. So I told them, as I have been working 60 years in America for my body to be able to bring up good religious children, and now I think it is time for me to go to Israel and work there for my soul by doing there many mitzvahs. I am proud to say that in Israel I have now opened a humility 
on the name the Goldstein's Mishpucha Jamila Pesvet with my donation of 3,000 pounds. I make many loans to many needed business people and to poor men, and we're very happy in doing it. I also hope with God's help in the near future to hope to help my children to move to Israel and will help them all I can when they will live in Israel. On March 4th, 1962, we left for the Holy Land of Israel by plane. We had a very comfortable plane trip, and in about 11 hours, we arrived in Israel. I thought when we arrived in Israel, I would see many camels in the streets and young ladies carrying jugs of water on their heads. But I was greatly surprised when I saw scenes, as in America, with more nicer taxi cabs than in America, with traffic lights on the streets, with beautiful department stores. I felt like I was arriving back to New York. The roads and scenes in Israel are very beautiful. We bought an apartment in Kiryas Zam near the Klosenberger Rabbi's home, which we thank God is very satisfying to us. We expected to see more religious people in Israel, but we were very disappointed in seeing many non-religious people in Israel, as we happened to be that week at Sedra about Moses taking out the Jews from Egypt. And after they saw many miracles, they said to Moses, why did you take us out of Egypt? Were there not enough graves to bury us there? Also even they had the miracle of food, moon. They stated to Moses, we still remember the stakes we had in Egypt. So I said to my wife, we shouldn't be disappointed by seeing some non-religious people in Israel because there never was a time that all the people in Israel were religious. We reminded ourselves that years ago in America was known as the country where you can go and give up your religion. Years ago, when anyone would write to America, was known that he is going there to become a goy. But after many years, it was not so. With great yeshivas and Beit Jacob schools were built, and now America has many religious Jews. And now, as we see with God's help, how many wonderful, successful Israel is being built up with many yeshivas and Beit Jacob schools, also many grand rabbis communities, I being built where many religious Jews from all over the world come to live there. Little by little, more religious people will move to Israel, and the Israel government will see how important it is for children and people to obey the Torah laws and observe the Holy Sabbath the right way, and they will see that all the laws of our Bible should be observed.